Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and this is a special interview with a former Roman Catholic who saw the light of Jesus' true salvation. I pray that this testimony opens your eyes and gets you thinking about the gospel truth and the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ only. Be blessed. Okay, Hi. greetings. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another of our I Saw the Light testimonies. Tonight, my guest is a friend of mine from church, Don Betts. I met Don when I first joined First Christian Church 17 years ago, so it's been a while, yeah. Bit, um, yeah. And um, he sang in the worship team. I helped with the video, what I still do, and he still does. So, um, And I found out from a mutual friend that he grew up Catholic. So I invited him to share his story. So, Don, thanks for joining me. Howdy. Because it's a disembodied head. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is fun. This is casual. So it's not yeah. a formal interview, that kind of thing. So okay. um, I don't edit the video per se, but we are, you know, pre-recording it. So, so, um, uh, so I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a great video editor. <laughs> Yeah, I'll minimize the number of drinks in my coffee and uh, <laughs> my face, you know, visible. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's let's start with a prayer. Merciful okay. Father, thank you for allowing us to help spread the good news of Jesus' true salvation all over the world. Yes. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Holy Spirit, empower us as we bring glory to your name. And in the words of our Savior, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Don, tell me about your childhood. Where did you grow up? What's <clears throat> your family heritage? Well, I've lived in Arizona uh, <clears throat> pretty much all my life. We moved here from Idaho. Um, I'm not exactly sure. All I know for, for certain is that I was at least seven, probably seven months old or so, uh, and still in Idaho. And sometime after that, we moved down here uh, and lived with my grandfather in Glendale. And he had, um, was called Glendale Court. It was at 61st Avenue and Grand. And he had a big house there with, you know, where his family lived. Well, most of his kids were out of the house at that point. But anyway, so then he had a bunch of little houses and he rented them out to day laborers. My, my family hair background is that my grandfather... My mom's dad was Catholic, um, but like many Catholics, didn't really know much more than what they told them. I'm always reminded of Maxwell Smart going, that's what they'd like you to believe. Um, <laughs> so interestingly enough, uh, he eventually, uh, after living here, they, they, they lived in Idaho. A long time ago, they lived up in the Northwest, as many Germans did, because it was much like Germany, although he wasn't German himself, but his family was his, his father, uh, Friedrich Bremer was from Germany. And his, his mother was from Germany. And uh, anyway, so I had uh, pretty much Germans on that side of my family. And then on the other side of the family, it was Germans, uh, meaning my mother's my mother's grandmother was her her father was from Ireland Ireland and she was so mm -hmm. she was 100% Irish anyway long story then i found later that uh my um biological father's family was pretty much english and belgian 
and uh, Scottish. So I have English, Irish, Scottish, uh, Belgian, and German, very German, German heritage. Mm -hmm. So a uh, lot of Germans are Catholic, but then a lot of Germans are also Lutherans. Lutheran. Mm -hmm. on, the, on the side of my family where my Irish grandmother was, I think most of them are Lutheran. Um, I've got an aunt who was my mother's sister, and she became Lutheran because of the all, all the stuff with, uh, you know, the veneration of certain human persons uh, that she didn't agree with. And uh, mm -hmm. partly because, hey, she actually read the Bible. Uh, a lot of Catholics um, really don't see any need. And, I, I, and to be honest with you, I, I mean, I went to catechism <clears throat> when I was a kid. Went to. Uh, did, you, did you go to Catholic school or public school? Oh, I went to public school. Yeah, <clears throat> my my dad was blue collar. He was he was a nice guy, very nice man. <clears throat> he was uh, Catholic, and I'm not sure exactly how that happened. I know that his mother uh, was Italian and not very. Uh, I don't know exactly when her family moved here. Her last name was Aquisapachi, so she was real Italian. And my dad actually, this is my uh, my stepdad. Yeah. His, mm -hmm. uh, he was very Italian. In fact, I've got a photograph of him standing with uh, all of my mom's family. They're, you know, her brothers and sisters. And uh, in the group of them, my dad standing there, he looks like um, Nat King Cole. He was very dark. <laughs> oh, he yeah. was very dark by comparison. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. anyway, so, but when he was a kid, he actually went to, uh, they were from, he came from San Jose. Uh, here in like 35 he was born in 31 he moved to San Jose or from San Jose here um, he when he was in San Jose with his grandmother uh, who was uh, his dad's mother she he went to Methodist church and so he had a bible when he was a kid they gave him a bible little gift bible and I, I can recall one particular night where my mom and dad's uh, marriage was um there was a lot of turmoil. There was, there was a great deal of, of stress and arguing and things like that. But I mean, they were, my mom's family was very uh, fiery temperament. Um, the, the Germans are noted and actually, you know, they did studies and said, well, the Germans are probably the most violent parents in all of Europe, whereas the Italians are the most loving. So he had, yeah. So my dad's mother, and I'm not kidding you, best grandma in the world best grandma ever with the exception of my wife who is now the best grandma grandma ever <laughs> yeah she really is um in fact jackie's grand jackie's grandparents i'm not kidding you those people i miss <sighs> they were so good so such good people anyway long story so here uh in phoenix went to st matthew's church which is the other side of um the freeway like 22nd avenue something like that and mcdowell right around there st mary's or excuse me st matthew's catholic church went there uh got um my first holy communion um was confirmed and the irony is is as a as a kid i remember things that happened like uh i was looking at the tv guide and i see this this listing for this program called lamp under my feet and so I asked my mom, what does that mean? And she, she didn't know. She didn't know what it meant. So I was like, man, I'd like to watch that. And so one day I did, I turned it on. I was like, how old? Seven. 
Okay. Maybe seven years old. I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. And, and it was mm-hmm. interesting to me because it was like, wow, I've never heard stuff like this, you know? And then later, um, and I remember when I was a kid, I always believed in God. I really did. I had a, a strong sense of the reality of, of God. And, and yet I, I, when you're, when you're Catholic, to be frank, what you learn mostly is about the Catholic church. You don't learn a lot about God because that wouldn't really be in line with their, their interest in keeping you in the fold, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I got to be uh, a young man, I, well, not a young man, a teenager, I went to high school at Carl Hayden and I saw one of the electives was uh, the Bible is literature. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Bible is literature. How strange. And again, we didn't read the Bible. Now, you know, again, every, most Catholics have a Bible and it's, it's yep. a big one, man. I mean, yeah. got several people out at once with that thing. And all I anyway. did was sat, sat at a table and gather dust. Yeah, yeah every once in a while you go, oh, woo, man, there it goes. Anyway, so I take this class and I was fascinated. And it was the first time that I, re- I, I even got an inkling that, what do you mean Jerusalem is not Italy? <laughs> right? <laughs> what? No, no, that's not true. Anyway, <clears throat> so that was like, wow, how weird. And I, I mean, I've talked to so many people who said, you know, I was Catholic as a kid. And then I read the Bible and I went, hey, wait a minute, you guys. That's not, what? And, and that's kind of how I was after this. I remember another thing that happened once when I was in grade school, guys from the Y came down, talked to us and telling us about going down to the Y and stuff and all the activities. And I was like, man, that sounds really cool. You know? So they gave us these little things. So you can come down and and come to the Y and, and uh, check it out. So I asked my mom about it. She said, Oh, you can't do that. Why? She wants a YMCA. Do you know what that means? Uh, No, not exactly. That's young men's Christian association. I said, well, aren't we Christians? She says, we're Catholic. I said, hmm, I didn't know that it was different. So anyway. That's really interesting that she said that because a lot of Catholics consider themselves Christian. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's so many things that will impact the way you look at your world and particularly your spiritual or your religious world. I mean, most of us have two parents. We live with two parents and, and one of them might be one thing and the other one might be something else. And, you know, I mean, very often when you get married, you'll end up, uh, if you're not from the same church, you may end up, one of you are going to end up joining the other's church. Right. You know, mm-hmm. If you're interested. Uh, I, I did. And my brother Roger did. And he is now LDS um and the church that i went to when i actually got saved was and every time i tell people this i i could just kind of hear them roll or sense them rolling their eyes like oh yeah sure it was actually the original church that joseph smith started it wasn't the it's not the lds church it was it's called the church of christ temple lot they're not the latter-day saints and they actually have their their headquarters, the church headquarters, is in Independence, Missouri, next to 
the reorganized church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is right next to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's their big, that's where they have their, their global conference mm -hmm. broadcast from. So I joined that church because um, I love the people. They were the people here at this local. They were great people. They were godly people. And I, I could see that my mother-in-law, I could see that my wife. And I said, you know what? I said, I want to be saved. I want to, of course, they, they didn't, they don't use the word saved. That's one of those mm -hmm. hippie things, you know? Um, so I joined the church and after maybe a year or so, I get called into the, become a teacher. And then I became a priest. And then, so when I'm a priest now I'm, I'm preaching and eventually I got to where I was like, I, I just can't preach out of the Book of Mormon. I wasn't buying it, you know. So we ended up leaving there. But all of that to say, that was pretty much all of my involvement as a Catholic. However, after I got saved, my youngest brother, Joe, he's 10 years younger than I am. We had a talk and I was, and I was preaching to everybody. I mean, that's just my nature. Um, in fact, it's my nature because I think that's what really God um, intends for me to do is share the gospel, not necessarily in the pulpit, but um, he wants all of us to do that. And right. I have, I have an ability. I'm, I'm good at uh, speaking. I think, I think I'm able to uh, convey things in a clear manner. Um, at work, I'm a you know senior person there, and I'm able to teach uh, some of our younger programmers in a way that they get, you know, they get what I'm saying. So um, that's so. Bottom line is, I'm I'm talking to my brother, and and he goes, he goes, well, what should I do? Should I leave the church? And I was like, oh man. I said no. I said I'll tell you, I'm not telling you you have to leave the church. What I'm telling you is don't do the things that they tell you to do that the Bible says not to. And I left it at that. I'm like, okay, that should work. Except that if you have no idea what the Bible says, you're never going to get there. Right. And right. that's the real problem. That's the problem. Well, yeah. And so, you know, I look back now and I see that like my mother, uh, my mother had real serious issues with my grandfather, her, her dad. Um, their mother died when my, my mom was 14. Now my mom is the oldest girl in the family of had five girls and three boys. There were eight of them. They have, you know, a farm family, you know, mm -hmm. there's lots of kids so they can work the farm and what have you. And the girls do the, the things in the house. Um, and, um, my granddad was very, uh, he was very strict. He was very much a uh, authoritarian type, although I wouldn't say, you know, the type where, you know, he was really, what's the word? He wasn't really, really well-educated, but he was very opinionated. Um, I read a, an article uh, maybe a year ago, talked about um, the difference between really intelligent people and everybody else. And everybody else, if they're uh, adamant that they're always right, that's a pretty good sign that they're really probably not that intelligent because an intelligent person mm -hmm. will say, you know, I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they're open to hear somebody's side of something. Um, but my grandfather uh, impressed upon 
all of his kids. And I remember asking my mom one time, uh, because I, I was, she was losing it. I mean, she was, you know, on, on the slide uh, toward dementia, which she eventually, you know, and my, when my dad passed away, you know, her whole world just pretty much crumbled. I mean, they'd been married for a long time. And she started doing things which basically threatened to become her financial ruin. Mm. And so, uh, but one time I asked her, mom, well, mom, what's, what's the first commandment? Honor thy father and mother. Uh, well, mom, see, that's, that's the first commandment with promise is what it says. <laughs> and recently I had the same discussion with her sister. My mom has passed away now. Her sister, which is now the oldest of all the girls left, very, very good person, but very, very uh, dyed in the wool and immovable Catholic. Mm. And she says the same thing because she, she, she was very, she's very angry with my uncle Toby. Now here, now this is the interesting thing. Out of all of the kids, one of them, I know for sure, they were just completely disinterested in religion, never really went to church as, as, a, as an adult. I've got an uncle who doesn't go to church. Uh, he was his granddad's uh, baby boy. And everybody else, except my Aunt Loretta, is Catholic and very adamant. Catholic is the only way to go. Now, my Uncle Toby, and I, and I preach to this guy all the time, he's the oldest left of all of the, the kids. Um, he was the second oldest of all the boys. He's 89 years old right now. And I'm always preaching to him. And he is very quick to point out that he hates his brother. And I said, well, you know, Uncle Toby, you, you can't be doing that. I said, you know, that's just, I said, you're kind of asking for trouble by that. Well, you know, and he's just, it's like, it doesn't matter. But I mean, it, when you're in the Catholic church, there's a lot of stuff you just kind of discount as, well, not really, really critically important because they have this whole thing about, hey, you know what? If you didn't quite make the cut, we can still get you out, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we, we can get mm -hmm. you out. Um, mm -hmm. So there's all of this nonsense about, um, you know, bringing, bringing you out of the almost bad place. <laughs> I saw a cartoon once that said, uh, bad guys go to hell. Uh, something else is these guys go to heck. <laughs> so not hell, but they go to heck. heck. Go to heck. Yeah. So anyway, so um, my uncle Toby is, is adamant that Catholic is the only way, even though he hates his father, but his father is the one that foisted all of this on them. Now, my grandfather left here, lived here, and, and he was headed back to uh, Idaho because he knew he, you know, he, that's basically where he wanted to live out the rest of his life. And so I went with my girls. I was already in the church, Church of Christ. And I went with my girls to say goodbye to him. I had them all dressed up in little pretty dresses and stuff. And when they left, I kind of told them, I said, Grandpa, here's where I'm at now. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I'm, I'm a member of the church. I said, I love God. And I said, and what I want you to know is take heart. Jesus is coming back. Oh, he's never coming back. I said, well, granddad, it says that in the Bible. Oh, that's just written by men. And I went, man, how do you combat that? You know? So I just left it. I felt sad. <laughs> well, like, like I, who do you think runs the church? Right. And I saw him, I saw him maybe six or eight months later, and he was back briefly, and he was going to go back and then go into a rest home. 
And I mentioned it again. I said, granddad, you know, I said, I know we had this talk before. I said, but Jesus is coming back. And he just kind of paused and he looked at me and he just softened. I've never seen my grandfather like that. And his, his big blue eyes started tearing up and he says, I know that now. There's not another person in the whole family. None of his kids ever heard that before last week when I told my aunt Dorothy and she was what she couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She couldn't believe that that granddad had got that, I guess, insider revelation or somebody had reached him and got him to understand there's stuff that you don't know. And that may have planted the seed. Yeah. Somebody else watered it. Absolutely. You got it. Yeah. That's kind of well, how you know, it works. And, yeah. and it all was, yeah. I mean, who you never knows? Does it matter? Seen. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not looking to get a, a badge or anything. I just, I just want to make sure that my family knows the truth. And after that, right. you make your choice. Exactly. Exactly. Sad though exactly. It may be. That's how it yeah. is. You yeah. Know? You know, a lot of times all that we're doing is, is um, Greg, I listen to Greg Kokel a lot. And he's also a former Catholic and now he's an apologist. And so he says, he says, all you really want to do is put a pebble in their shoe and just get them thinking. You know, and that's what I, that's what I pray. You know, I pray that when they're in church on Sunday, they start looking around, you know, something isn't right here. I'm missing something, you know, and then that's gets them into the seeking part of it. And, yeah. and then, you know, looking for the truth, searching, searching for the yeah, truth. And, you know, yeah. And gender yeah. a little curiosity, you know? Right. Exactly. So when was it that you saw the light? I remember you saying you 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 saying something in church that you, uh, it was your wife that had something to do with it. Yeah, well, you know, they had they were people who had you know they had service on Sunday morning, service Sunday evening, uh, church on Wednesday night. They would have studies uh, in somebody's home. Uh, you know, they would get together, and you know, some of them were like uh, one of the guys that that the guy that probably I think impressed me and this is interesting because impressed me the most was the guy who was then uh, became the pastor of that church and what church was this the church of christ temple lot so we were in okay okay now now jackie's family had been in that had been members of that church from way back and in fact some of them had ended up eventually as lds and, and some of them were kind of like big shots. They were sort of like LDS royalty, you know, mm-hmm. uh, back in the 1800s. But um, interestingly enough, so while I'm at the point where I was like, I'm starting to lose my whole uh, conviction regarding the Church of Christ and the Book of Mormon, which we read. Uh, and I won't go into detail. I will tell you this. There's a lot of stuff in the Book of Mormon that is opposite of some of the things they have adopted and and i'll tell you the one thing that i have recognized is this the lds and the catholic church have very a great number of similarities about them and one of the things that has pretty much sunk both of them is latter-day revelation Mm-hmm. You think about it, some of the things that the church, the uh, Catholic church has done have, have been things that through periods of time, and I remember there's a scripture where Jesus says, you move heaven and hell to make one proselyte, proselyte, 
And once you do that, you make them sevenfold, I think, more, more a child of hell than yourself. And um, the Catholic Church has spent lots of time going everywhere all over the world, okay, uh, proselytizing. What they had, what they did, however, is when they ran into people who had cultural things that they practiced, uh, things that were not necessarily, you know, good from a scriptural perspective, perspective, they would kind of uh, figure out a way to make that sort of a Catholic thing. Uh, Adopt it. Yeah, a really good example here in the United States, and particularly in the Southwest, is Dia de los Muertos. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so yeah. I got a friend at work who's she's Catholic, and she knows I'm a Christian. And she says, mm-hmm. Don, they're having the, they're having a, a, the uh, festival downtown. You want to go? And I said, no, no. I said, I, I only confer with the living now. Mm-hmm. I, said, I said, you know, JC is alive. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I said, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going down and talking to the, uh, the chirping spirits, the speaking low out of the dust. And the irony is in the church of Christ, that's one of the, uh, somebody wrote a book called out of the dust. Cause I read that scripture it says that they speak out of, but that's talking about, about people who do divination, you know, right. the, the witch yeah. of Endor, some of those people. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So when we got to the point where, and, and I had met with, my aunt, who was the youngest of all the kids, my Aunt Mary, she became a missionary, a Christian missionary. She was in the Philippines. She went and, and actually embraced and hugged lepers. And, you know, she, but she was full on. They came here and I was in the Church of Christ and, and I was going to meet with them. And Jackie said, you need to go over and, and, and you know, let them in on it you know you know and she was like when i came home she was like all excited like what did they say and i went honey they're right i said i said the the whole book of mormon thing is just it's just false and so about three months later i'm at church on one saturday and i'm i can't remember what i was doing but pastor's wife then these were both very good personal friends of ours as well She's there and she's talking about something. And then she goes, oh, I said, what? She goes, I feel bad. I said, what? And she starts telling me about how she and Jim are having lots of doubts about the church. And I said, you know what? I said, Jackie and I have already, I've already uh, said we're le- I mean, we're, we're, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, she goes, that's kind of where we're at. And they ended up leaving, you know? And then after we left, you know, of course I had a couple of people, there, well, you're going to be my friend forever because you're, you're Don Bance, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you never hear from them again. It's like all your old drug friends. I don't know. I mean, I had drug friends, but then they, they never call you. They don't want to talk to you. Um, but they left and now, and he's, he's still uh, ministering down in, uh, he's got a, a church down on Yuma, a small church, kind of like the Church of Christ, but it's, it's bona fide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the real mm-hmm. thing. And he's mm-hmm. got, but he was, he was the guy that, that I identified with that made me want to become a Christian. Because I'm like, I looked at Jim, I said, good gosh, this man is, he's just, there's something loving and caring and, and genu- genuine about him. So... So that's kind of how I became a Christian, and and ever since then, mm-hmm. and I, I got I got saved at twenty six, 
and went along and then the churches I went to, I've been to a lot of different kinds of churches and people always ask me, well, what, did, what did you change? I said, well, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, sometimes you'll be in a particular movement. We were in the quote charismatic movement, right? Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. the 80s. Um, and we did a lot of stuff and we had, you know, there was there was a lot of, uh, what's the word? There, were, there was a lot of, uh i would say delusion there a lot of the things that they were doing i mean and, and here here's the irony i remember telling my wife i said well i don't know where we're gonna go i said but i'll tell you this if i some, find somebody and they're casting out demons i'm gonna know they have the spirit of god in them and guess what happened that's right and guess what they were fake ah. it's yeah. like it said oh baby if i got a church for you right and I found out some horrendous things about these people ended up getting kicked out. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. Because if I'm kicked out of your church, because I am adamant that I'm going to follow God. And I think that you're a liar. And it turned out that, yeah, in fact, they were liars. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. They were liars. Mm-hmm. They were cheats. They were, they were robbers. They mm-hmm. were, they were, they were pillaging uh, mm-hmm. people's finances. And, and it was just, it was incredible. So after that, then we went to some other churches and, and, and at that point now, we didn't ever go to another church where we felt like the, the guys were dishonest and that they were not sincere and, and that mm-hmm. they really didn't believe in God. This guy, well, enough said about that. that that's not the point of this discussion. But anyway, so long story is, is through that, I learned a lot of very important things and then after that, of course, was the whole Jim Jones thing and Guyana, you know, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I said, I said, here's the deal. I said, what happened to those people happened to them because they didn't know the word. They That's could right. not be discern that this guy was lying, you know. And so that's and, you know, here's the great thing right now. Recently, I, I got something from one of my two brothers and it was about I'm trying to remember what the, the, what the name of the movie is. Kelsey Grammer's in it. It's a new movie. Jesus Revolution. Yes. I saw it yesterday. And and Richard, my brother, the other the other Catholic, adamant Catholic, he said he sends us this thing. I uh, said with a, a a link. Go and watch this. He goes. Nancy and I went and saw it. And he and then he says, I remember Granddad Brummer talking about the Jesus freaks. And I went, Oh man, what is this about? And I look at it and I went, hey, wait a minute. It doesn't look like, did, have you ever heard of, of the movie Marjo? You remember Marjo Gortner? Mm-mm. Okay, Marjo Gortner was, uh, a, I think Marjo was in Jesus Christ Superstar. He was one of those guys. And as a child, he was a child evangelist. So he did an expose about the Pentecostal movement and, and produce this film. And, I'm, and, and it, that's, that's sort of what I thought that this was probably going to be is one of those deals. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm very enthused now to think, now here's the other thing. Richard's son went and he had lots of abuse problems, you know, substance abuse, alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Guy couldn't keep a job. I loved him to death and I still do. But he ended up going and uh, going to Phoenix Rescue Mission. He was there for 14 months. 
And while he was there for the first time in his life, he's going to read in the scripture and he's reading the Bible. And it's like, and I think, and it's like, I just go, yes, because all I want is for my brothers to get mm -hmm. it. That's it. From whomever. That's right? it. Exactly. And if it's from his own son, great. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of wondering, is this what I'm seeing here now? Is this something bubbling to the surface in Richard? Because Richard is Richard is a good man. My brother Joe is a good man. They're just mm -hmm. they're just uninformed. Right. Right. And, and they're still, they they're still have, lost. Right. They don't mm -hmm. have the foundation of truth that mm -hmm. you need. Right. 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 You know, it says that, you know, we are, uh, our, our minds are renewed by knowledge, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Knowledge of the scripture, your mind gets renewed. And you know, every sin that we commit, Jesus says, it starts right here, baby. Mm -hmm. you, every, things happen right here and you sinned already. And I'm like, okay, so you get somebody's mind. And that's why I always talk about with people. I said, you know what? You cannot legislate morality effectively and have it do any real good. What you have to do is you have to change the way people think. And the only way they're going to change the way they think is by observing someone doing the right thing and, and maybe suffering for it and being like, 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 you know, Paul in the Philippian jail going, ah, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And I, and I sent this, I sent that scripture to my brothers, the, just that little snippet. And so there's like seven of them. There's like brother, his wife, the other brother, his wife, the Mormon brother and his wife. And I said, tell me what's ironic about this statement. I never got a peep back. <laughs> I'm going to go, he's in prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. he's in prison. Mm -hmm. He's saying rejoice. Saying rejoice. Right. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. anyway. So that's pretty much it. That's really about all I got on this on this matter. And I'm I'm pleased as punch. And you know, I I'm just digging and enjoying. How do you do? How um how do you do like holidays and that the family get togethers like Christmas, oh, we, Easter, oh, yeah, we, I mean, we. My mom was real big about, and my dad he was the same way. It's like he wanted everybody there for all the holidays. So we would go out there and have. Thanksgiving with them and and Christmas with them and and Jackie's mom just had to kind of because Jackie's mom was divorced she she got divorced when Jackie was eleven because I don't want to go into it but there was a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of very negative stuff in their marriage where they lived they lived in Missouri they were in Branson uh, and then they moved here um, and so mother wanted us to come and we would go to her house for Christmas Eve. And celebrate Christmas Eve. My mom and dad didn't really do that, but mothers, I mean, her family, they always had a Christmas Eve gathering, right? And then on Christmas Day, they would be in their own homes and what have you. Um, and so, but my mom and dad were adamant. They wanted us there for every holiday. Easter, you're going to be there. Christmas is going to be there. Thanksgiving going to be, well, Jackie's mom can come out. I said, oh, okay. And Jackie's mom would come out and stuff. And, but um, and, and the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving gatherings were great. I mean, they, they invited friends and family and, you know, stuff that we had out at my mom's house. They lived uh, near Buckeye and we've had as many as 70 people at Thanksgiving. And it all started out at my uncle's Fred's house, who was in Chandler. 
And then when they when they were killed and my mom and dad said, well, we're going to start doing it at our house. And then that went for a while. And then my my, my dad died and then mom went through what she did. And we, we continue to do that. And then, you know, this last year, this last Christmas, we all we got together for Thanksgiving out at my brother's house. But everybody celebrated Christmas by themselves, which you know, that's not a tragedy. I mean, we, mm-hmm. my brothers and I are very close. Um, we're very close. And I and that's the reason I will not stop. And I drive them crazy. It's like almost every day I'm sending them something. I'll send them send them links to the verse of the day out of out of uh, um, you know the U version and stuff. And I'll send mm-hmm. them links. Uh, listen to this guy. I love the way he the way he puts this and he explains. Okay, he reads his scripture and he expounds on it. I go, this is awesome. When I when I read this and I hear these people and I and I'll buy their books. You know, some of these guys. Um, and and it's just and I'll do that. I, I mean, my aunt. Doris, who's in, you know, she's the one who's the, the oldest of all the girls today. Uh, she and I had a disagreement and she, and I was telling her, I said, you know, I said, you, I said, you really need to uh, stop praying to Mary. <laughs> and oh, baby, you know, that's, yeah. that's that yeah. was a contentious. She says, okay, yeah. we can't talk about this anymore. I said, well, okay. You know, and um yeah, um, in fact, it was it, it's interesting because um, one of the uh, one of the pastors that I that that I follow, um, he was he's a uh, um, a chaplain in the military, so much branch. Right. And so some some guy came up to him and he said, he goes, "Well, I'm following one of the Norse gods now because I'm Norwegian and I'm, and and so and he said something there like, why are you pray, why are you praying to a dead person when you can right. pray directly to the living God?" And so and I kind yeah. of expanded on that because on Twitter every so often we get I get a saint that's trending because it's the that's the saint that patron saints day. Right. Okay, so yeah. so I always put what why. why settle for a dead person when you can pray directly to the living god the lord of lords the king of kings almighty god the good shepherd our high priest jesus christ the savior of the world you know so so and that's you know that's the problem right now you know it's just (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's very weird to me um you know that's that's you know that's what you know didn't make a lot of a lot of sense a lot of sense to me um well, yeah I mean, so you, you can make up anything and, and call it religion you know right and that's pretty right. much what's happened yeah um yeah i so. mean the, the, well here's the <laughs> thing you you know that the the original concept of mary uh uh being um what's the word mediatrix no the um Assumption. Immaculate conception. Ah, oh, immaculate conception. Okay, uh-huh. so you know, so you know about the uh, the um, feast of the immaculate conception. Early conception. Yep. Years ago, my brother stopped by. It was December and like December eighth. Yeah, I said, "Hey, Joe or Richard, <laughs> come, come on in." I said, "Come on over." And he goes, "Well, uh, well, I can't." Um, I said, "Why?" Well, it's today's a holy day of obligation. Well, what is it? He goes, "Well, it's the feast of the immaculate conception." I said, well, but it's December. I said, it, he goes, uh, uh, well, it's, um, it's not Jesus. It, it's Mary. I went, um, okay. Well, anyway, this was originally came up 
uh, there was a young girl in some Latin country in the 1500s who it was rumored that that's what, and then they adopted it. They said, no, 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 that was, that was Mary. So, and then, and I read something on this recently, the whole concept. And then, and, you know, of course that all, all the business about original sin, and I'm telling you, even, even in the church with what I would call informed Christians, uh, there's a lot of ambiguity for about these things to some of them, you know, original sin. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, and, and even, and I'll tell you, even today, today in the service, I went, mm, let me, let me run a couple things by you. Cause I, uh, I'll tell you what, that's one of the things, that's one of the things I will tell you that when I got saved and it, and it's, it's weird because where, where I was, but then again, I reasoned that, okay, God spoke to somebody through his, his, his steed, a donkey, right? Right. So you might get truth from someplace. It just seems like unimaginable. Well, that's from God. Yep. I mean, he can speak to you through anybody, but yeah. So, um, we spent probably the first six months after I got saved going over to one of the elders' houses and reading the Bible, reading the Bible, because I had never read the Bible. And I kid you not, there were times when I'd be sleeping and it was just like, I remember the, the scripture about, about Jacob and the wrestling, right? And I'm saying, I, I wake up and I'm like, and the scripture is just going through my mind all night long. And I'm waking up and I'm thinking about, I'm like, man, it's like God is going, take it. Come on, jam it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just fill you up with all, all that you can take. And uh, I learned so much during that time and, and, you know, read a lot of the old Testament, the, the uh, yeah. um, prophets and Ezekiel, Ezekiel is a good place yeah. to read. If you want to read wow, about this you. business about, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I mean, you know, um, in fact, a year ago, I was going through the Old Testament mm-hmm. and I just happened to go, you know, giving the lessons during the podcast, the daily, uh, doing the daily podcast and right. doing a little Bible study. And so Ezekiel 38, which is yep. the war of Gog and Magog, that landed on the day before that Russia uh, attacked Ukraine. So yeah. a year, exactly a year ago. And my website exploded because sure. I, the, my title was, <laughs> was "Who are the major players in the Ezekiel 38 God Made God War?" And everybody was asking that question online and searching for it. Yep. And I had like six thousand, ten thousand people come to my website that day, and that's, that's yeah. one page. Yeah. And and I'm like, and I'm seeing it all. I'm, Putin is meeting with the guy from Turkey, with the guy from Syria, with the guy from Iran, and we're like, okay, right. there they are. That's the it. kings so, of the north, the kings are. of the east, yeah. Yeah, and um, and it's there, and now in Israel just, um, in fact, this week they started exporting oil, and it's a very fine, good quality oil to Europe, and they got full price for it, and so mm-hmm. now they've got something that Russia wants. Oh yes. So it's like, oh, there it is, right there. So any minute now, yeah, we're gonna have the thirty-eight coming through. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, you can't deny that. Uh, no. You know what that you know the prophecy that has come true uh, from right. the Old Testament. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so, you know, so uh, I started doing a Saturday uh, podcast and blog on the World Watch. So I go through Matthew 24, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the, the Olivet Discourse. And I said, okay, well, Jesus predicted all this stuff that's going on right now. And this is just right. the start of the birth pains. And it's going to get worse. And mm -hmm. there's more to come, you know. So, you know, so hopefully the people will start waking up and saying, okay, I need to know more. Am I ready? Am I going to get yeah. left behind? You know, that was, you know, so... They start asking questions of what's going on. They're seeing what's going on, you know, and and goes, yeah. it's all in the Bible. Right. So it's like, then to read yeah. the Bible. Yeah. Oh. So that's it. There, there, there's um, a lot of very interesting things that, that people could learn and they'll just be, it'll blow their mind. But then again, um, these things have happened in, in waves throughout all the history since Jesus. But now and and i'm i'm watching also events in the heavens and and things like you know it says we'll start getting bombarded by by stuff coming into the atmosphere and it's happening Absolutely. it seems like with yes. greater frequency and and more severity than yeah. ever. so it's yeah. all i feel like it's all sort of coming together the earthquake in turkey yeah i mean they've had seven thousand quakes since the major one Last right. like a week ago, and um, yeah. I, the fact I showed a map that, and that's like, no, this has never happened before. That that this yep. magnitude, and, and um, so you gotta you, you, you know you gotta stop and think about that. There's you know, earthquakes so like, in diverse okay. places, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, in, in right. the King James. So, mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay. So last, last words. What's that? Last 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 last, last parting words. When you want to. Uh, to, uh, oh well, my people. my parting words are just simply this: accept uh, no substitute. That's that's for certain. Um, do yourself a favor and be bold enough to find out if the word is true. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to fear mm -hmm. reading the word of God. That's and it exactly. Yeah, if you do that, and and you are, I'm telling you, you when you know this. If you want to know, like it says in James, if you need you need wisdom, ask God. Yes, God. He's always. Oh, do you want to know something important? Do you know what to, want to know about me? Do you want to make friends? Do you want to reconcile? Let's go. I'm ready to do it. I mean, he's been doing that all through history, right? Right. That's what I say. You know, give it give it its due, which is, uh, just read it, pray. Not necessarily in that order, but you know, do do that and 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 wait and see what's going to happen. God is going to reveal to you this is the truth. Jesus is real. He's sitting there, and he's he's doing he's doing what it says he's going to do, and eventually he's going to make that last enemy beneath his feet. And when that happens, we're good. And all this other stuff that happens to us is not going to matter. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're done. How, Thank you very much. Lose, right? That's right. Absolutely. You've got nothing to lose. Nope. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be afraid of reading the Bible and searching for the truth. That's right. That's what, that's what it's all about. What it's all about. It. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks, Don, very much. And uh, we'll see you in church. And and folks, if you want to see Don, he he actually played this morning in church. <laughs> so if you visit um FCCPHX is the Facebook page, you can watch the video. <laughs> So, All right. um, 
Um, thanks again, and we'll um, we'll 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 see you we'll see you out there. Uh, okay. Solidio Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Amen. If you're just starting to read the Bible and prefer to hold a book in your hands rather than use an app, it's a good idea to get a study Bible. But which version or translation is best? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and the thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, and that was great for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New Living Translation. I'm an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen two study Bibles that would be great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe so you don't miss out on new weekly episodes as well as a special, a special Bible study playlists and share it with your friends. Remember this, Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have religion. He died so he could have a personal relationship with you. Yes, you. He said in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. So what are you waiting for? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. And if you like reading, check out my blog. Search through the archives for topics and Bible studies. Also, check out the Christian Bookstore with hot picks on Christian books from Bible prophecy, biblical worldview, biographies, memoirs, and Christian fiction. The links are in the show notes. And finally, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. I pray that if you haven't already, you will soon see the light. Shalom and have a blessed day. Praise the Lord, I saw the light.